Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and... Called to live, commanded to serve, a love, rather, and commission to serve. And here at FCBC, how do we say it? We live, we love, live, love, serve. Those are our core values here at FCBC that shape us, and we take those very seriously. I want today just to raise a verse today. So if you have your Bible, let me, anybody here got a Bible, like a real Bible? Let me see. Because then I'm going to see how old are you. There you go. There's one there. I see one, two up there. Y'all giving y'all age away. Good. Oh, they, see, see, see. Old school. And that's a big one, too. I'm not coming near you. Those weapons. The sword of the spirit. All right, John 10. John 10, verse 10. I want to read it in New Revised Standard Version and then in the Message Bible. A familiar passage, verse John 10 and 10. I'm going to give the team. There you go. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Amen. In the Message Bible, this is how it reads. I like it here. Um, I came so they can have real and eternal life more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Come on, beloved, let's pray. God, we thank you today. We honor you today for this moment, oh God. As you continue to pour out your spirit upon us, oh God, we stand in a posture to receive. For God, in this season, we have to be guided by you. In this season, oh God, we have to be led by you. In this season, oh God, we have to be shaped by you. So God, keep on guiding, leading, and shaping. And we will continue to honor you, oh God, for who you are and for how you magnificently show up in our lives. We do not take your presence for granted. Now, oh God, in this time that remains for us to share, have your way. Have your way, oh God. Do whatever you need to do to get the glory in this moment. We love you. We honor you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say it again. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly amen do me a favor turn to your neighbor and tell them neighbor i follow 
a life giver. Come on, turn to somebody else and just tell them, neighbor, I follow a life giver. Now put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise on today. I follow a life giver. A life giver. I was in Los Angeles, as I said, and one day we were driving back to the hotel. I shared this on the Inward Journey on Friday night, but I think it's worth sharing again. I was driving back to the hotel and there was a fitness facility. And on the side of the facility, there was a statement in bold letters. And clearly it was designed to drive people to work out, to stay in shape. But it said this, you can't have your days on earth back. You can't have your days on earth back. It struck me when I read it to the point I almost got into an accident on the low because I was trying to text it in my phone, type it. But then, of course, I stopped and then waited till I got to the red light to put it down. But you can't have your days on earth back. Every day as you live is one more day experience, but it is one more day you can never get back. If you join us on the prayer call on Midweek Motivation, you may hear any of us say something like this. We thank you, God, for this day, a day we've never seen before. And a day we will what? Never see again. A day we will never see again. And every day is that experience. It is a day you've never seen before, a day you will never see again. It is a day that you will not get back, and you cannot get back any of your days on earth. That is why when we live this life, we ought to live it with some intention. We ought to live it intentionally because these are moments that cannot be recaptured. You don't get do-overs every second when one second passes into another second, into another minute, into another hour. You can't get a do-over. You must live life in that moment now. You've been here long enough to hear me say, oftentimes we miss the power of right now because we're held captive by yesterday. Yesterday has died or held captive by what has not been born. That's called the future. And we miss the moment right now, every day. Think about how many of your thoughts are shaped by things that are not real. What do you mean? If you're in your yesterday, that's not real. If you're in tomorrow, that's not real, which means that oftentimes our worries, the things that consume us, the things that cause fear and anxiety and trepidation are not real. All you know is right now. And can I really blow your mind? I've said it before. I'm going to keep on saying it for those who are here for the first time. Do you realize? And if I say I will see you tomorrow, well, one, that's the epitome of arrogance on some levels because I do not own tomorrow and I do not know what will happen the very next minute, but that I digress. But when you say tomorrow, do you realize that tomorrow never and does not really exist at all? There's no such thing as tomorrow. If I say tomorrow, you'll say Monday, right? Have you seen it yet? Has it come to fruition yet? And when you get there, what will it be called now? So as Paul Tillich said, we move from now to now to now. That life is one big eternal now. But some of us miss the eternal now because we're fixated on the dead yesterday or the unborn tomorrow. Live this life. 
I don't want to be heavy this morning. I want to be intentional, live this life. Because there's many things in this journey we do follow as followers of the teachings of Jesus. But the one thing I know that we follow is a life giver. Here in this passage in John 10, it's so beautiful, so powerful, and yet so clear and so simple. He makes a distinction. <laughs> so like clockwork, she does this right when I'm preaching. <laughs> That's my granddaughter. Just I don't mind that. But it is so clear and so beautiful in this passage. The thief comes, the thief. He doesn't necessarily say the thief. Some assume it's the adversary or Satan. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. And what I know, I've seen many thieves like that in my life. Because Benjamin Mays said in his famous statement, a book disturbed about man, well, disturbed about human beings. Benjamin Mays says, in essence, I, 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 I'm not afraid of the devil especially how we create the devil in our minds, this figure with the trident ready to kill, and this demonic-looking figure. He said, that doesn't fear me. He said, I'm not disturbed about the devil. I'm disturbed about devils that wear tuxedos and evening gowns. And he said, in a word, I'm disturbed about human beings. Because here it is, I don't necessarily go around looking for the devil to show up, but I know that some people have been co-opted by forces that seek to undermine the best things in my life. And there will be people in your life who do show up in some strange ways, and you wonder why in the world has this person entered my life, because nothing positive has come from this space. It's hard to say that sometimes, but you got to be honest. And I've come to a point in my life, I get it now, that honesty is really medicine for those who have been held captive by opinions of other people that you have to be honest about life and about things. And I know this, everybody who has entered my life has not come with good intentions. And you just got to be honest about that so that you're not caught, caught off guard or blindsided when those people not just show up but then reveal themselves. That there are people who will show up in your life, I hate to say it, who will come with this intent to do what? Steal, kill, destroy. Steal dreams. Kill hopes. Destroy aspirations. There will be those persons who show up in their life who will try their best to keep you at a level where they can see you. Oh, you didn't catch that. Let me try it again. To keep you at a place where they can try to control you. Okay, you didn't get that one. Keep you at a place where they can try to manipulate you. You will always have those persons in life. And it is not that you sit around looking for them to show up because in many ways you have missed the beauty of right now. But you're never caught off guard because everyone does not, again, have the best intentions. There are some people who do come with, with ideas to hold you captive. Jesus says, that's not me. He says, I, I don't come with that intention. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This is the beauty of the carpenter's teaching, I believe. So often those teachings have been co-opted to kill and destroy. Those teachings have been co-opted to, to maim and brutalize. But Jesus says that I've come that you might have life and live in the abundance of life, to have it abundantly. Think about that for a second. 
The next time you want to be bound and think that somehow your religion is designed to keep you bound, just think about the idea that Jesus wants you to live in the overflow of life, in the abundance of life. And that abundance has nothing to do with material goods or money, because if you think that brings happiness, you are truly misguided. I know there's some of us who believe that if I had this amount of money, if I had this amount of money, I'd be good. And money is a tool, but it is not the answer. More money? All right. That doesn't do it. Life is not about those perishable goods or diminishing assets. Life is about the things that cannot be purchased that you can actually do and enjoy every day to expand your abundant life. You have the power every day you get up to expand your abundant life, to lean into the life that God desires for you, to lean into the life that Jesus here talks about, that abundant life. What does your abundant life look like, especially when your abundant life has nothing to do with money or material goods? Name then what your abundant life looks like. What would it look like for you to wake up every morning feeling full of life in all of its abundance? What does it look like for you? Because oftentimes we don't even ask ourselves this question. I remember many years ago, I had someone in counseling with me and, and we were trying to get to the core of some of the issues that were plaguing this person. That They were dealing with anxiety on certain levels, but they were just unhappy, unhappy. And they kept saying, Pastor, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. Have you ever said that to yourself? I just want to be happy. I hear it all the time. I just want to be happy. And we say it so often until it becomes a, a, a perpetual, repeated refrain. I just want to be happy. And then I kept hearing it in the midst of our conversation. I said, okay, here, here, here. Tell me three things you can do to bring joy to your life. And the person couldn't answer it. They were stuck. Stuck. I said, well, hold on. I've been listening to you say you're unhappy, but now I've just asked you what can be done. What can you do to bring about some joy, some happiness? And you don't know. So the problem is not that you don't have happiness. You don't know how to achieve it yourself yet. You have not paused to ask yourself the question, what would make me not just happy, but joyful? Let's take it this way. What would add to my abundant life? Again, there's only one thing you can't do. You can't add money or material goods. What does your abundant life look like at that moment? Some of you will say things like my family, that is awesome. Love and relationships, all that is good. But you have to think about that for a second. Think about it. Because all the things you more than likely will name will be things that are disconnected from what you do for you. That was why I asked the person that question. I didn't say, tell me things that you enjoy or tell me things that make you happy. Tell me things you can do for you that can make you happy. Not waiting for somebody else to do it. Not looking for someone else to do it. Not being disappointed when other people don't do it. Because there's a whole lot of that going on. We get angry at people for not doing, pause for a second. We get angry at people for not doing things we want them to do, but then we don't communicate the things that we really need, so we think they'll know by osmosis. <laughs> to hold somebody captive for not doing what you think they should be doing in your life and you never communicated your need doesn't make sense. That means you're being angry at someone for no reason. Everyone is not a mind reader. There's some people you have to communicate with and let them know what your needs are. I digress. That's for couples right now who may be dealing with some things. 
If you don't communicate need, communicate what's there, then how do you expect there to be any resolution? But beyond waiting for someone else to do things, what do you do for you? What do you do for yourself to bring yourself happiness and joy that's not connected to anybody else or anybody's decisions, anybody's actions, anybody's choices? And for God's sake, nothing you go buy in the store. Where does your abundant life come from then? Because I promise you, I've said it before. I said it on Tuesday night at TNT. I've sat with persons who have been dying. I've been in a position as pastor for 27 years to be with those as a transition who leave this place. And those persons I've sat with, I've gained more wisdom at deathbeds than I have from any book I could ever read. Because you hear from someone who is fighting for breath what's really important. And what you realize that what's important for the dying should be priorities for the living. That what you learn in that moment is how you live your life. And I don't know anybody. I'm going to repeat this. I've said it several times. I'm going to say it again. I don't know anyone who was leaving this place who said things like, I wish my house was bigger. I wish I had an extra car. I wish I had a closet full of more clothes. I wish I had a few more shoes. I wish I had more followers on social media. No, they said things like this. I wish I had more time and more love. And I wish I could spend more time with my kids and my family. And I wish I had more time to see the ocean and travel and see trees and, and go to other parts of the world. That is what they talk about. Not stuff. Because those are the things that bring us joy. Wealth is not about money. Wealth is about the abundance of joy that is in your life connected to the things that bring you joy. Yeah. I've had days when that bank account was slim. See, people make all kinds of assumptions. They see you at certain points in your life. They don't follow you the whole journey. I know what it is. You know what it is? Yeah, watch this. Show of hands. You go to the store. You see the price. Before you get your debit card, you say a little prayer. See, some people don't know that reality, but if you want to see a shout, when that thing say approved, it's real when you got to lay, put inexpensive stuff on layaway. Been there. Those are not, but, but clear me. There were those days when we struggled, struggled, but I was wealthy. Didn't know how I was going to pay the heat bill or the light bill. Didn't know how I was going to feed folk in the house, my kids. But I looked at my children, I saw joy. We were in a relationship, saw joy. You're wealthy. Sometimes we don't realize that we have an abundant life because we're busy looking at other lives. Yes. So, 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 so what I want to do today, just give you a few things and then I'm going to go home and take a nap. <clears throat> I'm not even playing. I want to share a few things with you that I think you can do to contribute to your abundant life. Because if you're going to follow the carpenter, you follow a life giver, that means you must be a partner with him on your life journey. What can you do? 
and I'm going to give this to you, and then we go on today. A few things I think you can do. This is one you always hear me say. Be kind to yourself. Please. If you get nothing else today, be kind to yourself. I had a tendency at one point in my journey to be hard on myself. Certain things were ingrained in me as a child, and I thought that life was about showing up, being productive in a positive way. As a child, it was about grades and all these things. And then, and then I had this tendency, to, I know I'm not the only one, who would always put this unnecessary pressure on yourself to perform. And it follows you all the way into adulthood. It follows you now where you don't know how to be kind to yourself. You're hard on yourself. You're not gracious. It's deep because you know how to be kind to other people. You just forget to put yourself in the rotation. Be kind to yourself. In other words, be easy on yourself. Yes, you're going to make mistakes, and yes, everything won't work out, and yes, you're going to make some bad decisions, and yes, you're going to make some poor choices, but those things do not have to define you. The only way they define you is if you let them define you. The good thing about life is that if you keep breathing, that means you've got more opportunities to do what? To be kind to yourself. So this is simple. If you want to enhance and increase and live in the abundance of life, this is the things that you do, not what other people do. Be kind to yourself. And can I give you this one if you're going to be kind to yourself? Next. Learn the beautiful art of putting yourself first. Now, this may seem strange. This does not negate that we're called to serve. But many years ago, I had the opportunity of hearing one of our former pastors, Pastor Tory, give a talk that blew my mind. It was entitled, Selfish for the Sake of Community. And in his talk at one of our retreats many years ago, he talked about the fact that, yeah, many times we want to show up. We show up in many ways for other people around us. We, we take care of folks in our family, children, loved ones, parents. We show up. The problem is, is that we never pause to take time for ourselves, and we think we're okay because we had a habit of running on E, running on E. You know when you drive your car just to E? I, yeah, I, I do that sometimes where... You know, I always have the intention of getting gas before it gets that low. But you just get caught up. And, and every now and again, you could push the limits too far. I'm not the only one. I got to share the story. She's going to be mad, but she'll be all right. Uh, many years ago, when we were in Durham, North Carolina. We had, were driving separate cars from church. And, and I was with Trey in, in one car. And she was with Jasmine in the other car, Pastor Keisha. And, and she called me. The car broke down. Something's wrong with the car. So I get there, and, and sure enough, I turn on, and the battery came on. And you know when the battery come on, you know, some, back in the older cars, you know, that, that gas thing go back and forth. And then when it come back, it lets you know it's really there. It came back all the way past E. I said, I said, I know what's wrong with the car. I said, well, I said you don't have no gas. You can't keep driving the car close to E and not think that one day it's going to watch this. Give out. A whole lot of us do that. We drive right on the precipice of giving out. And we justify it because of the nobility of the things we're doing. We justify 
not putting ourselves first because of, of what we do for others. That's, that's fine. But what happens when you have nothing left? What happens when you give past E? And oftentimes people don't understand. You get frustrated, you're mad, you're upset, you're anxious, you're biting. And people don't know because you're tired. So if you're going to be kind to yourself, also do what? Put yourself first. Take care of you. I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day, and, 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 and they're the kind of person who they feel like they always got to be going, going, doing, 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 doing. Because they equate value with productivity. Doing, doing, doing. And in the conversation I said, I said, you know that, watch this, if you decide to take a day on an off day and really make it an off day and do nothing, what do you mean do nothing? No. Here it is. Get up. Go get breakfast somewhere. Come back home. Watch TV all day. I can't do that. That's just a waste. I said, really? That's a waste? I said, well, I know how to waste real good then because because <laughs> part of putting myself first sometimes means that there are days when I just sit and I don't do anything. I ain't answering no text. I ain't answering no phone. I ain't dealing with nobody. I am putting myself first because everybody else can wait at that moment. So if you're going to live in the abundance of life, not only be kind to yourself, but learn the beautiful art of putting yourself first and take care of you. Do not spiritualize your workaholic tendencies. Okay, I'm going to give you something else. <laughs> Be kind to yourself. Put yourself first. And then celebrate small wins. Celebrate small wins. We only feel comfortable sharing the big, big news. We don't know how to celebrate the small wins because we think they're insignificant. We don't realize that those small wins build up, build up into great moments in our lives. But when's the last time you celebrated things that you took for granted because they were so ordinary? You never realize how extraordinary everything is until you lose the ability to function a certain way. I've had numerous examples, again, out of my own life in the hospital. And you never know how critical parts of your body are until you realize that everything is impacted at the same time. It's not until you're in pain that you realize that actually, yes, if your big toe is messed up, it can actually mess up the whole day. I didn't learn that until I broke my big toe. I broke my big toe. You know, I tell my business, but I broke my big toe. My daughter broke my big toe. I know she's watching. She broke my big toe. Let me tell you how my daughter broke my big toe. She had a jump rope tied to the refrigerator in the kitchen. She decided she wanted to turn and jump rope. Daddy, come jump rope. I'm a, I'm a girl dad. Sure, baby. So my daughter start turning the rope. AJ, I start jumping. She decides she wants to see how high daddy can jump. So she now pulled the rope up a little higher without warning. I went to jump. She raised it higher. I came down. I heard pop. I immediately went 
The Reverend Kia said, let's go to the hospital. <laughs> Just like that, she said, let's go to the hospital. She said, what's wrong? I said, I broke my toe. She said, how you know? I said, I heard it. <laughs> right? Go to the hospital, what happened? Toe broke. They sit there, they did this thing when they had me on one of them shoes, and I got to walk with it. And I was like, Lord have mercy, my daughter done broke my toe now. That night, Ebony, that night, I coughed in my sleep. Now, you would think that coughing up here <laughs> would not impact what I feel down here. But you learn very quick that all parts are connected because now that cough translated into my foot feeling like it swole up five more times. And I realized then, you know what I can't take for granted? This big toe. It's the little things. You don't realize how critical they are until something happens and you can't use them effectively anymore. So celebrate those ordinary things in life. And I, know, I know it's corny sometimes. I say it often, but I keep saying our elders understood. They understood, Sandra, those little things. You know what they said when they said, I thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. See, they understood that although we don't think about it, we just get up in the morning and continue our activity. They understood that that waking up thing was a pretty big deal. Woke me up this morning, and it's one thing to be awakened, but then he said, that what? Started me on my way. Oh, man, what? So they understood that it wasn't just about getting up. It was about going forward as well. That those things we take for granted, you just get up in the morning, go downstairs, get something to eat, get something to drink, you keep it moving. But all those are things that you can overlook. The small things in life that contribute. Well, there goes my fourth thing. Not only celebrate small wins, but watch this. Practice gratitude every day. That's it. I'm done, y'all. Be kind to yourself. Put yourself first. Celebrate small wins. Practice gratitude. You know why? I've said it before and I'll say it again. Joy is the overflow of gratitude. So that if you want to experience more joy, that means you need to increase the gratefulness you show and the gratitude you have for the life that you possess. That is easy. You want more joy? Be grateful. Think about all the things in life that you've been able to accomplish and living is one of the biggest things you've done. And you watch when you celebrate that, when you practice gratitude for that, the joy will flow. Watch this. And you will start feeling abundance. Practice gratitude for everything. You get up in the morning, God, thank you. It don't have to be formal. You don't have to come with these deep, big, big words or, or deep sentences. No. When you get up in the morning, thank you, God. Watch this. Brushing my teeth. Thank you, God. Washing my face. Thank you, God. Putting clothes on. Thank you, God. Making my way down. Say, thank you, God. Getting something to eat. Thank you. By the time you leave home, you should have said thank you so much that you had five praise parties before you walked out the door to express your gratitude. And while you're sitting there now, you look at somebody and say, thank you. You could have been anywhere, but God put you next to the best person on the face of the earth. Thank you. Being grateful. Gratitude. If you want to live abundantly, abundant living, learn to do the thing that will increase your joy. That will increase your joy. 
I know we got to hustle and we on the grind and we got to end to our work. We want to see success and that's all good. Trust me. But don't be successful and then miss life. I want you to experience life because with all of its complexity at times, it's also extremely beautiful. With all the challenges we could ever experience every day, there's something blissful about life. With all the reasons we could be bitter, because every time we have a reason to cry, life will give you a thousand reasons to celebrate. Be kind to yourself. Put yourself first every now and again. Yeah, be selfish for the sake of the community that you serve. Celebrate the small wins. Because the truth is, in life, there's no such thing as a small win. Every win is just that, a win. And then practice gratitude every day. The beautiful habit of just saying thank you. Thank you. Because the more you do it, the more beautiful the joy comes. It's not hard. You see, this is why I love Jesus' teachings. I'm amazed at sometimes how complicated we make the teachings of Jesus. He says things that are easily accessible by anybody. No big grand words. He's talking about sheep and coins and oil and lost people, hurt people and helping people. It's simple because the older you get, the more simple you realize life really is. That's why Jesus said all the laws and all the words of the prophets hinge on this one thing. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's simple. We complicate it. I've come, he said, that you might have life and have it abundantly. Now you must contribute to that abundant life. I'm going to say it again so you don't forget it. Be kind to yourself. Put yourself first. Celebrate and put in quote small wins, realizing there ain't no such thing as what? Small win. And practice gratitude every day. I promise you, I promise you, with all the hell you may be catching and all the challenges you may face and all the pain you may feel at times, if you practice those things, abundance because yesterday in, in LA I preached the service a sermon the title was it's time to dance David said I praise you oh God because you can turn my mourning into dancing maybe 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 life is just waiting for you to dance have fun, unchoreographed, just enjoy this thing. Why? Because you can't get back your days on earth. And so if you know that, live, dance, treat yourself good, enjoy it.
enjoy it so that when those days come when the breathing gets harder and the breaths are more valuable you can take that last one with a big smile on your face and they'll lean in and say why are you so happy and you can tell them because I've been living abundantly Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward.